6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth because I feel I'm still in space. So, and some of you will say I'm normally in space. So, um, but um, I will, I'll do my best. Um, I was once a kid with a dream uh, looking up to the stars. And now I'm an adult in a spaceship looking back to our beautiful Earth. To the next generation of dreamers, if we can do this, just imagine what you can do. You know, as you go into space, um, it's it just the, the views are breathtaking. I mean, there's no question we, we are so lucky to have this planet that we, that, that we, all, we all live on. That was Richard Branson moments after touching down from his flight to the edge of space. It happened yesterday when the London-born founder of the Virgin Group joined five company employees for that test flight. The 70-year-old joined a group of just shy of 600 people who have ever had the chance to leave planet Earth. That group included our next guest, former U.S. astronaut Ron Guerin. He spent 178 days in space, completed four spacewalks, flew on both the U.S. space shuttle and the Russian Soyuz spacecraft. I could go on and on uh, about his resume, but I do want to let you know that his new book, Floating in Darkness, A Journey of Evolution, is out today. Ron Guerin, welcome to the show. Hi, Jalen. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for making the time for us today. I know it's been a busy few days for you. <laughs> why, why is this, why is what happened yesterday a big deal? I think it's a big deal because it could represent the dawn of a new era of space travel, where space travel becomes as commonplace as air travel. And it's kind of reminiscent of the early days of aviation. You know, back in the beginning <laughs> of, of aviation, it was it was not commonplace for people to fly in airplanes. It was the <laughs> select few. It was a rare occurrence. And today we don't think twice about getting on an airplane and flying all, to anyone in the world. And hopefully this is going to lead us in that direction. So, Ron, you, you did it the old-fashioned way, right? You, you joined the U.S. Air Force, you flew F-16s, you did combat missions in Desert Storm and Desert Shield, you went to school for numerous degrees, you went through the astronaut program. As you mentioned, it potentially means that we could be on the edge of space tourism, opening up to anyone who can afford it, you know, when that happens. Um, you know, did you, did you think we'd get to this point? Well, you know, I, I wanted to be an astronaut since July twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine. That first, the first moon landing, and yeah. and if you were to ask me, you know, I don't know, a few years after that, where I, where where I would think we'd be at this point, we'd be out of the solar system by now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so because we we canceled the the um, the Apollo program, mm -hmm. that really you know set us back quite a ways but we're getting back on track um right now and uh you know i think there's going to be a lot of really really exciting things in the next decade or so that happened uh, that happened in space decorated astronaut ron Guerin joining me this afternoon ron do you think that space travel will become affordable for everybody everyday people I do. Uh, the question is, when will that happen? Um, you know, the, there's a lot of you know negative press about, around the, the flight uh, of Richard Branson and, and the upcoming flight of Jeff Bezos, mm -hmm. where it's just you know billionaire thrill rides, and you know anybody who could afford to throw a half a million dollars uh, down, um, you know. But that's true now. But 
because of these very same uh, efforts, um, you know, when things like economies of scale come in, um, new technology, um, things to, to increase reusability, those prices will start to come down, and there'll be different mo- there'll be different markets, there'll be different uh, use cases. For instance, you know, we might be using space travel to travel from point A to point B on the Earth. We might be flying from Edmonton to Tokyo, uh, and in a fraction of, of the time, and part of that flight will be out of the atmosphere. Um, and, you know, eventually that's going to replace or not replace, but it's going to s- supplement um, the airline industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and those prices are going to have to be affordable for large markets. Um, it's going to take a while, but we're, we'll get there eventually. You talked to Richard Branson before he took off and, and you had said to him, um, one of your last statements to him was that you wanted to talk to him afterwards, after yeah. he'd gone to the <laughs> edge of space to see how it impacted him and transformed him. And you heard the comments I played earlier. He was talking about, right. you know, being in awe and looking down at the big blue marble that we all call home. From your perspective, and I mean, for your many days in space, from being outside of the space station doing spacewalks, how does it? transform you how does seeing the earth from that vantage point impact someone how did it impact you well i I think it it impacted me profoundly i I think you know i remember distinctly the first time i looked out the window of the space shuttle and i saw the earth and you know i was hit with this incredible sense of gratitude gratitude for the opportunity to see the planet from that perspective and gratitude for the planet that we've all been given and in some way i don't think i'll ever be able to fully explain and and what i tried to explain in about 416 pages of my new book (laughs) is being physically detached from the earth made me feel deeply interconnected and deeply interdependent with everyone on it there's there was i was given a glimpse at the true unity of our world the true unity of our species uh and our community with all the other species on, on the planet and it's it's a totally different view of reality. Um, it's the true view of reality, not the artificially created uh, view of reality that we have down here on the surface. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, having that, that feeling of unity in a very divisive world these days, that must be something nice to be able to cling to. It is, and, and that's the main focus of my book, is how do we overcome this divisiveness, this polarization, how do we how do we see a path forward to a future that we'd all want to be a part of? And, you know, to, just to put it in science fiction terms, we're kind of on the path right now to the Blade Runner future, and we want to get off that path and get on the Star Trek future path because, um, you know, the Blade Runner future is not a future that we'd want to be a part of, I don't think. U.S. astronaut Ron Guerin joining me this afternoon. Not only have you worked in space, you have lived and worked. You've got one heck of a life. You've lived and worked on the bottom of the ocean in Aquarius, which is the world's only undersea laboratory. Which is more exciting? Which one's more challenging? Well, they were both very exciting, very, very challenging. By the way, the undersea mission that I did was a Canadian mission. Uh-huh. Uh, we were partnering with McMaster University and a number of other, um, another, a, a number of other Canadian uh, organizations uh, in Hamilton, um, doing tele-robotic surgery, telemedicine. Uh, it was at, at Dave Williams, astronaut Dave Williams, Canadian astronaut Dave Williams, was the commander of that mission. But they're both, they were both, uh, they're both similar in. They both were incredible on wonder. They provided uh, a, a new understanding, a new appreciation, new love 
uh, for our planet, the beauty of our planet, the uh, interdependent beauty of our planet, which was very evident in the undersea uh, world with all the inter- interdependent species of fish and schools of fish and other marine life um, and just the indescribable beauty. Uh, but that indescribable beauty from a, from a different perspective yeah. is also the same, is, is, was really evident in space as well. You know, I've done uh, a number of uh, different events with, uh, with Chris Hadfield, Canadian astronaut, mm-hmm. of course, Chris Hadfield. And, and one of the questions that he gets asked all the time was, well, weren't you scared? <laughs> weren't you nervous? Yeah. And I, I like the way that he described it saying, well, you know, when you're prepared, when you know things inside and out, when you're an expert on it, when you do things over and over again, when you do that and you have that confidence, no, you're not scared. You are prepared. And and I thought that that message, message was a really, really great one for whether or not you're you're working in space or whether or not you're working in a in a radio station or whatever it is that you're doing. What is that that one message that that you know you talked about unity earlier, but is there another message that you you tell that you uh, you, you you tell your listeners from your podcast, whatever, about that time in space. Well, when it, when it comes to the, the fear part of it, I mean, I, I agree 100% with Chris, but what I would add to that is it, it takes a certain level of letting go uh, and letting go of the things that you have no control over. So Chris talks about, you know, all this training. We're, we're, we're training for things that we have control over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part, part of the ability to train for that, part of the ability to e- execute that um, in space or on the mission is to let go of the things you don't have control over. Because And that's good advice for life on Earth. Isn't it, though? <laughs> a lot of times, we, you know, we get all stressed out and we get uh, focused on things that we have absolutely no control over. And it, that means there's absolutely no reason to be stressed out and mm. and worry about it because there's nothing you can do about it. So it's those things that you don't have control over, you have to accept, uh, and which which frees up your energy, your your intellect, and every every everything else that's part of you to focusing on the things that you that you do have control over. Well, Ron, I'm going to have to leave it here for today, but I sure enjoyed talking with you, and I hope that I can do it again someday. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. It's been my pleasure, Jalen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. Uh, Decorated U.S. astronaut Ron Guerin joining us this afternoon. He circled the planet 2,842 times over 178 days, did four spacewalks. He flew on both the U.S. space shuttle and the Soyuz spacecraft. His new book, Floating in Darkness, A Journey of Evolution, is out today as we look forward to the future of space travel and space tourism.